Thank you for selecting this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center's Media Ministry. Sit back and relax and prepare to hear God's Word. And now here's today's speaker. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Some of you know what it means to be overwhelmed. It's a drowning sort of feeling that people receive from time to time, some more than others. But it is not God's will for you to be overwhelmed. It is not, it's not God's will for you to be overcome, but for you to be an overcomer. It is not God's will for you to drown in depression, drown in worry, drown in fear. It is not God's will for you to drown in aggravation, drown in stress, drown in a heartache. That is not the will of God for your life. Remember the Lord Jesus said very clearly. He said the thief comes but for to Steal, kill, and destroy. That's why the thief comes. That's why the devil comes. To steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more what? What? Abundantly. Jesus came that we might have an abundant life. And he spent his ministry on the earth teaching us, giving us shadows and and uh, giving us illustrations and demonstrations in how we could live that abundant life and if we follow his course follow in his footsteps we are assured of victory on every side hallelujah we're living in a world today that it is easy if you walk by what you see If you walk by what you hear, it is easy to be overwhelmed. But that is not God's plan for your life. And remember, what what he has not purposed or planned for you, that thing is there illegally. It is a thief that must be cast out. Are you with me? Go to the book of Matthew. And Father, I thank you today in Jesus' name that you're here with us. I thank you, Lord, that you will lead us today by your spirit. And I call upon the power of your Holy Spirit to bring this word forth to your people in a way that all who hear may understand. Have your way in this house, Father, like never before. In Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. Matthew 14, we're going to talk Uh, We're going to read a very familiar group of scriptures here. Matthew 14. We're going to start reading. Well, I will start reading at verses number at verse number 22. And we will go all the way down to verse number 33. We're going to I'm going to read it all the way through. And then we're going to go back. And Lord's going to show you some things here. This is Matthew, the 14th chapter, verse 22 through 33. Reading out of the King James Version. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. While he sent the multitude away, verse 23, 
And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when he and when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. If we look now at verse number 22. Now, right away, we already have some preconceived notions. A lot of us have heard uh, this group of, group of scriptures ministered before a great number of times. And while it is a wonderful miracle that Jesus walked on the water, a wonderful miracle that Peter walked on the water. And while many of us desire to walk on the water as a demonstration of God's power and presence, this is not the main focus of us today, walking on water, physical water, the wet stuff. While it is a fact that this account took place, this is not what God is telling us to do today. He is not commissioning us as a body to be to go out on the ocean and walk on water. What would it profit you to be able to walk on the ocean, walk on a lake, walk on water when your bills are past due? What would it profit you to walk on the water when you are without a job, when things are, when you are in an emotional tizzy? What would it profit you? This whole scripture, this whole text that I read to you is a picture of today's modern day church also a picture of the life of today's modern day believer. And it is a word for you today if you hear what we're saying to you. Let's go to verse number 22. We're going to go past the veil. We're going to go past the veil. And I pray that you can go with me. We're going to go past the veil. Past, we're going to open up the curtain and see what the Lord says to us today concerning this. As we speak from the subject of overwhelmed. Verse 22. Rather, we're going to, verse 22 says, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. Jesus told them to get into a ship or a boat. 
and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he, when he had sent the multitude away, uh, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Verse 24. We really start here. Verse 24 says, but the ship was in, uh, was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Now there's quite a lot of symbolism here that, that, that you've got to see and understand in order for you to catch the full revelation. So before I, before you can receive revelation, I've got to give you some information. Before you can receive the full revelation, you've got to have some information. So if you would bear with me just for a moment, let me give you some information so that you can receive the full revelation. Are you with me? Symbols. There are a lot of symbols that are here that are behind or, or that are past the veil. We see here several factors. One, there was uh, the boat that they were on. There was the, the sea. There was the, the wind. There was land, and we're going to look at all these things. Understand, uh, the sea here, the sea represented the carnal fleshly desires of man. It represented negative emotions. Because emotionally, we can be up and down, up and down, be tossed back and forth emotionally. Because there are a lot of us that are just simply uh, not secure emotionally. We are insecure emotionally. We can drown in our emotions and feelings. We can be uh, lifted up and cast from side to side through our carnal desires, through our base desires. I pray you with me today. The sea is an unstable place. It is not a firm foundation. It is an unstable place. You don't want to build any relationship or any type of ministry or a business solely on emotions. You don't want to get married slowly on emotions, on a feeling. It's going to take more than feelings to make it through. I pray you're with me. Don't go out into some business venture based on you got a good feeling. I got a good feeling about this. Fooey with your feelings. Feelings are fickle. They're here today and gone the next moment. Today you love me. Tomorrow you hate me. Today you, you cling to me. Tomorrow you can't stand my guts. Feelings are fickle. I pray you're hearing me. So the sea represents a carnal flesh of the desires, negative emotions. It is an unstable place. That is the sea. The land that the Lord Jesus Christ was standing on, the place where they had just left, was, uh, was a place of miracles. Of course, there on the land they had just seen uh, the great uh, multiplication of fishes and loaves. A place of miracles. The land is a stable place. Hear this. Land is a stable place as it is in this context with these, with this symbolism. I pray you're hearing me. Land, stable place, place of miracles. We could even call it a heavenly body because that's the place where the Lord showed himself strong. They left that stable place. Now they're going into an unstable place. They're on the sea. Let me give you some more. The wind. The wind, the Bible says the wind was contrary. The wind was contrary. And the word contrary here, as it is written in scripture out of the Greek text, means to be opposed, opposed as an adversary. It means hostile, hostile. 
It also means um, to be uh, to uh, to if you have someone to antagonize you or to be uh, they attack they antagonize you. They're always on your back. It's almost tormenting. We're going to look at this. The Bible says they were there. They were tossed. The word tossed does mean to be tormented. They were tormented there on the sea. Some of you are already even now getting a picture of this. So uh, the wind was contrary. Contrary here again means to be uh, it was there was something that was in opposition to them. They were pushing against them. Uh, something that was antagonizing them or a or an ad, or a, or feelings of uh, being antagonized. Now, the wind uh, here is a type of world system. Hear me. The wind is a type of world system. What is world system? World system meaning the uh, the enslaving thoughts that lead to a separation from God. A world system here are enslaving faults that lead to a separation from God. Not merely sin. Sin simply causes separation from God. Are you with me? But these are faults. Faults that continue to antagonize you. Because here again, the wind was contrary. The thoughts were antagonizing. The thoughts were hostile. The thoughts were adversarial in nature. The thoughts were coming against the disciples. Jesus sent them to get into the boat, and we'll talk about the boat in a moment, to get to the other side, back to a stable, heavenly place, a place where miracles uh, will bring forth, will ring forth. Because on the other side, the Lord Jesus, there was an, another immediate miracle. A man was delivered from uh, demonic oppression and possession. Are you with me? And so we see here, here again, the wind is a type of world system. Uh, and the world system that we live in today is one that tries to enslave the faults of man. To lead them from or keep them from an intimate relationship with God the Father. Now, and it is also, wind is also characterized as the cares of this life. As the cares of this life. Now, we would see this, uh, the wind actually beginning to start up there in the book of Genesis, the third chapter. And Elder Woodruff talked about this on Wednesday night. Genesis, the third chapter, verse one, four and five. We see here how the enemy begins to speak uh, to Eve and to Adam, who was also there with her. The enemy begins to speak and begins to question God. Had God said this? Are you sure he said that? Well, God knows indeed that you eat this. You're going to be, uh, you're going to have the knowledge of good and evil. He begins to speak against God. He begins to whisper. Now, anytime you speak, breath comes out. If you speak with your outside voice, breath will come out. Are you with me? Breath, wind. These are thoughts. Or these are words that are spoken that are contrary to the will of God for your life. These are adversarial thoughts that come and they influence the sea. 
they influence you emotionally. I pray you with me. They influence you emotionally. If you allow, if you allow your emotions, now that's what wind does. When wind blows on the sea, it picks the sea up, picks the water up, and whatever is on the sea will begin to get tormented. And we have allowed the enemy to pick us up, pick us up, and torment us emotionally, mentally, go into fits of depression and anxiety. We have allowed his wind, his voice, his thoughts to influence the, the, the very carnal nature of us. And we go into lust and other things that we know we ought not to get involved to, but we can't help it because it is the wind that is influencing our base nature. Let's get some more information. Now, the boat here, or the ship, as it is called here in the book of Matthew, the boat here was salvation from the drowning waters of the sea. The boat represented salvation from the drowning waters of the sea. Hmm? As long as they were on the boat... They were separate from the water. Now, this was a temporary fix. Please understand this. They were never meant to stay on the boat. The boat was simply meant to keep them while they were on the sea. Now, if you hear me. The boat also represents a temporary religious system. Religion was not made by God. Religion was made by man. Religion is man-made. God did not make religion. Man made religion. God made relationship. From the beginning in the garden, God created relationship. Relationship is God-made, but religion is man-made. So the disciples hear this, the boat represents a religious type of system. Now, religion can be good uh, in that it can help you to know God. Just like if you read a book, let's say a book on marriage or a book on husbands, you read a book on how uh, to treat your wife. You read that book. Well, that book can give you some good ideas but in order for you to truly get truly get to know your wife, you're going to have to talk to her and spend some time with her. Are you with me? We can be religious in our prayers. We can give you a uh, give you a five line prayer. This prayer is only meant to help you start talking to the Lord. It is, you are not meant to have a repetitious, a vain repetitious prayer. All you say to God is these five words and that's it. That's vain and repetitious. It is only meant to help you to get to know him. And we have taken what we call as the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer. Some have taken that prayer quite religiously. And this is what they say to God, these, these verses of Scripture. And they have not moved past it to talk to Him person to person, face to face. We have made church religious. 
wherein we come in and it is our agenda to sit and hear. We know what they're going to sing. We know what he's going to say when he brings up a scripture. Oh, I heard that before. And we've already tuned out before the first word is spoken. We've made it a religious experience. We tell people in order to be saved, you do this, 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 and that. And they, they think that's all there is to it. God did not want us to be in a religious relationship with him. He wants a personal, intimate relationship with us. It's time for us to move past religion and into relationship. So the boat here represents a temporary religion or temporary religious experience. Hear me. That was never God's intent. This was something that the Lord allowed us to get into for a moment until we learned to control or have mastery over our emotions, our base carnal desires. Are you with me? Some of us still need somebody to stand over us religiously when we go someplace and we say, well, would you go with me? Because I know when I get there, I know what I'm going to do. You need somebody to stand over you while you're browsing on the internet. You need some type of filtering device because you know what your fingers like to go and try to hop and find some nasty stuff to watch. Hallelujah. Please, I don't, I don't need to take a lot of money with me in the clothing store because I know what I'm going to do. So you better come with me. I can't get no talking. Let's get some more information. The boat allowed them to be, allowed them to have interaction with the water, which represents the world system. Are you with me? Or rather, with the water, with the sea, which represents the carnal desires or base, base nature of man, their emotions. The boat allowed them to be on it, but it kept them safe from it. And it was fine as long as the wind didn't blow. But the wind was controlled by the enemy. The Bible declares in the book of Ephesians that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. Turn your Bibles there to Ephesians, the second chapter. Ephesians, the second chapter. Turn quickly. The Lord Jesus said, uh, if you were of the world, in John 15, verse 18, if you were of the world, uh, the world would love you. He said, but I took you out of the world, so the world hates you. He said in uh, John 15, verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. It hates you. You're not of the world. You're in it, but you're not of it. So that boat got them out of all of that. The Lord pulled them. He fished them out of the sea. He fished them out of all of that. And some of us have the testimony that Jesus fished us out of lust. He fished us out of drugs. He fished us out of alcoholism. He fished us out of depression. He fished, he fished us out of worry. He pulled us out of that emotional sea and put us in a safe place. 
Ephesians, the second chapter, verse number two, it says herein is herein in time, rather wherein in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You see, it is the influence of the air, the influence on the devil that pushes these winds towards you. Now, the wind is contrary. The wind here again are the thoughts or the enslaving thoughts of the enemy. The wind, are, the wind represents the cares of life pushing against you, always pushing against you, pushing you back from going to the place of miracles that is on the other side. Now, it's not enough just for the wind to blow. But when the wind blows, of course, you got to knock your sails down and then you got to begin to row, which they began to do. If the wind didn't blow against them, they could put their sails up and then they could hopefully find another wind that would push them to the other side, make it easy. But because the winds were contrary, they could not use their sails, so they had to begin to row. The wind became so contrary that the Bible says that it began to toss them. Here again, the word toss means to torment them. They were now beginning to be tormented by the wind that was pushing on the sea, pushing on their emotions. And some of us know what it means to be tormented emotionally. To be so emotionally insecure. And that was the state they were in. They were emotionally insecure on the waters. Because the water here represented here again the negative emotions, negative feelings, the base nature of man, carnal, carnal things. Depression, worry, all that stuff. They were trying their best not to drown in it anymore. But as long as they held on to this boat, stayed in the boat, they were not going to drown in the sea. But the boat was meant to be temporary and not permanent. You're going to see this. Let's go on. Verse number 24 says again, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves. Tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. You see, it's the enemy's plan to get you all riled up emotionally. To get you all mad. To uh, it's, it's his plan to get you all afraid. To fill you with fear. How is he doing that in today's society? Well, he'll show you your paycheck and show you the current gas prices. He'll tell you about the instability of your current job. He brings you all these negative things coming your way. Whoosh, whoosh. And you're trying your best to serve the Lord with all you got. You're there rowing. You're there rowing. You're there rowing. And at the same time, you've been tossed by all these negative things, all these negative emotions. You're just trying to do your best to serve the Lord. You're rowing. You're rowing. And you're struggling against your own desires. Struggling not to drown again back in the alcohol bottle. Struggling not to drown again in drugs. Struggling not to drown again in the pornography. Struggling not to drown again in adultery or in fornication. Struggling not to go back the same way you came. 
He's trying you, I'm trying to tell you, Satan is trying to get you riled up in your emotions so that you'll make irrational decisions. Trying to incite you. So much so that when we come into the house of God to hear a word from God, we can't think, we can't focus on God because our emotions are so up. We're so worried about what we're going to do. We're so worried. We're so scattered in our thoughts that we can't focus on Jesus. I pray you're hearing me. It is his goal to get under your skin. People say, you make me mad. You shouldn't let anybody have that kind of control over you. You make me mad. Why am I going to allow you to influence me emotionally? You make me sick. I pray you're with me today. We allow people to have too much control over us. We allow the enemy to have too much control over us. Too much control. So here were the disciples. They were being tormented on the sea. And they were rowing as hard as they could to get out from under this. So focused in rowing because I need to get out of this storm. Get out of this emotional storm. I need to get out of here. It's worried. They were worried. They were frustrated. They were aggravated. They were stressed trying to get out of the storm, trying to live a saved life, trying to follow what Jesus told them to. Now, they are indeed saved. They are separate. They are not drowning in the sea with the others. Because they can look over the boat if you hear what I'm saying to you. Go with me. Use your Holy Ghost imagination with the symbols that I've just given to you. They were on the boat trying to traverse or go against the wind that was pushing against them. They were safe on the boat from that emotion, but they could look over and see others that were so emotional all around them. And it is hard or it can't be very hard or difficult not to get emotional with someone that is emotional with you. When they come up to you, a yelling and a fussing and all this emotion is pouring out of them. It's hard to traverse not to get emotional with them. Control your emotions. But let's see, let's go on. Let's go on. I got some other things I have to give you first. So the enemy is in control of the, of the air. And he's pushing against them. The disciples are, are struggling not to fall into their carnal desire, negative emotions or thoughts or feelings. Because understand one thing about us, when we are tormented, especially for any length of time, it is the tendency of humankind to always go and find a safe place, a place of comfort. We go and look for comfort. We always try to look for comfort when we are tormented. Whether your comfort is in a stick of chocolate, whether your comfort is in a cake, whether your comfort is in pornography, whether your comfort is in uh, illicit sex or whatever, whether your comfort is in a bottle or whether your comfort is in drugs, you're going to try to find some comfort when you're tormented. And so the enemy knows if I can just rile you up enough, if I can get in under your skin enough, I know what you'll go back to. 
Because he knows that you have not yet gotten the full revelation of who you are and who Jesus is and what you're sitting in now. The boat, which is meant to be temporary, not permanent. So the disciples were struggling not to fall back in there. And that's what we do. We struggle not to fall back in. Anybody? Struggle not to fall back in. We know where we came from. We don't want to go back there anymore. We want to be holy and righteous. They were struggling. They were fighting against the waves, their own base nature that could stir up, that the devil could use to stir them up. Let's look back in the text. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. The book of Mark says that the Lord Jesus saw them struggling, and he began to walk in their direction. I have some good news for you today. The Lord sees you struggling. Struggling in your emotions. Struggling with depression. Struggling with fear. Struggling with lust. Struggling, struggling with your own desires. He sees you struggling. And he's in his purpose in his heart. I'm coming to you. He comes walking on the sea. We serve a God that was not, that is not, he was tempted, but in all points, just as you and I, but he did not sin. The water does not have any effect on him. He did not worry about drowning in it. He just walked on it. In complete control of his emotions, in complete control of his desires, in complete control. They saw a man in complete control. Oh, but that was God. Can I ever be in complete control? Let's go back into the text. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. They were so in tune trying to get out of this that they did not recognize the deliverer when he came. We can be so focused on trying not to do this or that that we can't hear a word from our Lord. We can't recognize his form. So focus on not falling in and drowning. So focus on saving our lives that we can't see him. We can't recognize him. They saw him, but they didn't recognize him. Why is that? Because they'd never seen anyone that had total control and mastery over the sea. Never seen it before. They cried out for fear. It's a spirit. It can't be a man. 
It's a spirit. There can't be anyone on this planet. There cannot be any man that could walk and that could walk and be among all these things and not sink in it. There cannot be any kind of man that would, if you would slap him on one side with all your emotion, would turn to the other side emotionless and give you love. It cannot be a man like that that could overcome evil with good. There cannot be a man like that that sees his enemy hungry and begins to feed him. There cannot be a man like that. They saw his form, but did recognize him Jesus comes walks on the sea to them y'all stay with me today he walks on the sea to them they cry out for fear because they'd never seen this before but the Bible calls the Lord Jesus the last Adam there was a first Adam there was an Adam and an Eve we spoke about that before they were also able to walk on water. For a time, they walked on water. Understand, man is still man, like a man was still man back in the garden. Adam and Eve still had carnal natures. They still had desires. But as Paul said, he learned to keep under his body. He kept his body under subjection. Adam and Eve still had a body. And listen, the devil did not... The devil did not invent or create desires in Adam and Eve and then pervert them. No, they already had it in them. The devil just stirred it up. I pray you hear me. He just stirred it up, just blew on the waters, blew on Eve's desires, blew on Adam's desires. He just stirred them up. They got to rocking and rocking and rocking and fell off the ship. Adam and Eve, at least for one point in time, were able to walk on the waters. They were walking and, and their emotions were in subjection to their spirit. The Bible declares very clearly, the Lord Jesus tells the disciples to pray there. He told them to pray there at the Garden of Gethsemane. He told them, you better pray because your spirit is willing, yes, but your flesh is also weak. And you have not learned yet to allow your spirit to rule over your flesh. You're still being ruled from time to time by your emotions. Peter, boy, you better pray. Why, Lord? Because Satan has desired, desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He's desiring to blow on you, and at the appropriate time, he's going to blow on you, and you're going to deny me, deny me three times. Lord, not going to do that. Uh-huh, we're going to see. He's desiring, the enemy desiring to stir you up because he knows where your tendencies are. What you tend to do when you get stirred up. Some of us get an emotional frenzy. We get angry. We get upset. We get frustrated. We start to cussing. We start to fussing. We start to fighting. We, or we may cry, get in depression. We back away. Don't want to talk to nobody. Don't want nobody to see us. We go away. We, we hide ourselves. The enemy knows your tendencies. But whatever your tendency is, it is a separation from God and from his people. So he's trying, the devil's trying to stir you up emotionally. He's trying to stir you up in your feelings, trying to make you so afraid. He's trying to make you so depressed, so aggravated, so frustrated, so confused. Trying to stir up other people around you to do it. To try to keep you away from your destiny. From that stable, firm place of miracles. Mind Jesus. And so the Lord walks on the sea. 
And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. Verse 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of a good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. I have mastery over this. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Lord, if it's you. Because understand, the Lord Jesus did the miracles that he did on the earth, not as the son of God, but as the son of man. As a spirit-filled man, he performed signs, wonders, and miracles. He came to show us the way. If he did them as the, as the son of God, then we could not duplicate what he did. But he did them as this, uh, he did them as a spirit-filled man. That's why he said to us there in the book of John, the 14th chapter, I believe, he said, the works that I do shall you do also because I go unto my father. Are you with me? It's possible. That's why the Lord said all things are possible to him that believe you can have control over your flesh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so the Peter, and so Peter sees it and said, Lord, I want to do that too. Lord, I want to do that too. I want to have control over my emotions. I want to have control over my desires. Lord, I want to do that too. I say some stuff sometime. Lord, I just put my foot right in my mouth. Lord, I want to have control over that. Lord, if that's you, let me come to you on the water. I want to walk on the water too. I want to have mastery over my emotions too. And so what does Peter do? The Lord says, come. Come. Come out here. Because I came here, Peter, so that I could show you this. I don't need a boat. I don't need a religious system to get to the other side, to get from one stable place to the next stable place. I just walk on the water. I take the stable place with me. I am the stable place. Peter, that boat is temporary. I didn't mean for you to stay in it, but I see that you understand what's happening here. Come on out. This is how man is supposed to be. Come on out, Peter. Come on. I'm so glad you're coming. Come on out because you are meant to walk on it and not drown in it. Peter steps out and begins to walk. Oh, he begins to walk. How many steps? I don't know. Whether it's 10, whether it's 15, whether it's two, I don't know. But he begins to walk for a time. What is he walking on? He's walking on his faith in the word of God. The Lord said, come. He had faith in the word. Jesus Christ is the word of God made flesh. He had faith in the word and begins to walk out on the faith that he has in the word. When faced with tormenting storms, when faced with tormenting emotions, what will allow you to hop out of that religious system and walk on it? Because understand, in the boat, they were safe, but they were tormented. Are you with me? If the wind kept on blowing and kept on tossing them, eventually they would have toppled over. They were safe for the moment, but tormented. Peter, once he's walking on the sea, is safe and not tormented. Are you with me? 
And so he's walking on the sea. Got to. Got to hurry. So he walks on the sea to get to the Lord Jesus. He has faith in the Lord's word. The Lord said, come. The Lord released that word and he has faith in that word. And when we're going through, when you are in trials, tribulations, when you feel that you are about to drown as Peter is thinking here and is about to, let's go and read it. Uh, And he said, come. And, And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30. But when he saw the what? Is anybody reading with me today? When he saw the wind bolsterous, he was afraid. He was stirred up in his emotions. When he paid attention to the wind, when he paid attention to the other thoughts, to the other ideas, when he allowed the system of things to infiltrate his thinking, See, first he was walking to Jesus and he had his eyes set on the Lord Jesus and he was able to control his emotions. There are times in my life when I feel that fear is about to grip my heart again, either it's because of another bill or, or because I need some finances and, and fear comes to grip my heart again. And I recognize that it is that it is fear and the enemy is trying to drown me in that cesspool or in that whirlpool of emotion. I immediately have to cling or refocus my attention on the word of God. If it is financial things, if it is cares of the world and things that, uh, things that, uh, beginning to, to worry me about not having enough this or not having enough that, I begin to declare what God says over the situation. Lord, you said that you are my shepherd and I shall not want. Lord, you said that you've never seen the righteous forsaken, neither seed begging bread. Lord, you said no good thing will you withhold from them that walk upright. I'm the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So I know, Lord God, that you're talking to me lord you said that you would supply all of my, my need according to your rich and glory by christ jesus lord you said in your word if i abide in you and your word abide in me i will ask what i will and it shall be done unto me lord you said if i sow bountifully i shall reap bountifully lord you said it and what happens as i declare the word of god faith comes because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god and that keeps me standing up on the water instead of letting me sink in the water are you with me i'm telling you and i got to close i have to finish this next time if the lord willing in the world that we're living in right now if you don't learn to walk on the water you will drown in it if you don't learn to walk on the water, you will drown in fear looking at gas prices. If you don't learn to walk on water, you will drown in worry looking at the evening news. If you don't learn to walk on it, everyone around you will be freaking out and frustrated and an emotional tizzy asking you what we going to do, what we going to do, what we going to do, and you're going to drown with the rest of them. Yes, there are some saints of God that in a, they're in a religious system and they're struggling with their emotions. Still struggling. But Jesus said, that's, you weren't meant to stay there. Let me show you a more excellent way. Get out the boat and walk to me. And Peter was able to walk for a time, but then he began to look at everything else. 
He began to look at his checkbook. He began to look at the pay stub. He began to look at the financial reports. He began to look everywhere else. And he began to look in the places where the devil had influence. Because the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. You look at the things the devil has influence and you're going to feel the fear. You're going to feel the worry. And you're going to pull back from God. But he begins to sink. So he begins to sink and the Lord reaches out. And he grabs him and pulls him up. Notice the second stage, rather the third stage. The first stage, we're in the boat, in our comfortable religious system. Second stage, you're able to walk on the word of God while having faith in the Lord Jesus. You're walking by yourself. Hear me, walking by yourself. On the word of God while having faith in the Lord Jesus. That works for a time, but understand, we're still living down here. And we can still hear and we can still see the things that are down here. And it's going to grab your attention eventually. But the third and final stage that we have to walk, of walking on the sea, walking on these emotions, walking on the things that, would, that once before time drowned you, the third and final phase is walking with Jesus. Not just walking on his word, but walking with him, hand in hand, arm in arm, walking with him. And the two of you go back to the ship and the wind ceases. And you sail to a stable place. When you get religion out of the book and you start getting into relationship, you'll walk with him. And when others are stirred up, you won't be stirred up and God will still be able to use you. You see, if you're drowning, God can't use you. And he won't be able to use you because you won't let him use you because you'll be too afraid. God said, I want to use you. I want to use you to bless. No, Lord, I can't do it because of this, because you're seeing all the wind. You're hearing everything. So he can't use you. He can only use those that are able to control it. Now, I'm going to tell you now, you can do this through Christ. With Christ, the Bible declares that through the spirit, we're able to mortify the deeds of our flesh. He said, who is this that overcomes the world? Those that believe in Jesus. Those that have faith in him, that walk walk with him hand in hand. While they may be safe, may be safe in the boat, you're going to be tormented. If you're tormented today, tormented in your emotions, tormented with fear, with worry, aggravation, frustration, you're stressed out. Understand, you're in that boat. You're in the boat. You got to get out of the boat by focusing on the word of God, declaring what he said over the situation, declaring what he said, walk out, purpose in your heart to get to Jesus, to get to the Lord Jesus. Spend time with him in prayer and you will walk hand in hand with him. And you'll find a stable place. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We are done. Friends, I know you have been truly blessed by this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center Media Ministry. Remember, if you are looking for a church home, we would be glad to have you each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center is located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. For more information, give us a call at 770-537-1933 or visit us on the web at www.kingdomrock.org. 